Hi, Shane. Hola, mi amiga. <laughs> How are you? Man, I'm doing my best to be my best. That is wonderful. How was your weekend? Uh, I think my weekend was good. Um, it was a light weekend, not too much. We uh, baby girl had a sleepover. They did the whole thing. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you the standards for these birthdays are different. When I tell you that this sleepover, the uh, the parents rented out a nail salon and took the girls to a nail salon. They rented out manicure. the nail. I've taken them to a nail salon, but never rented one out. Yeah, they were the only ones there. They were the only ones there. Are and you so, serious? Dead ass. And so they got their uh, toes and nails done or whatnot. And okay. then they had uh, they had like a little chef come over and make them breakfast in the mornings and had pancakes with fresh all kinds of things. Oh, and shout out to Crumble Cookies. Had the girls hyped up all night. Apparently the girls didn't go to sleep till like 1 o'clock in the morning. And they're they were, 10. Uh, yeah. They're, they was okay. a 10-year-old ten, ten birthday party. Okay. So Man, she thoroughly enjoyed that. Like, King, what do you do when you get the whole nail salon? Bro. You know, I'm you thankful know. it was just sleepovers. Last year we had silks. So on my daughter's gymnastics team, there are about four girls who all had birthdays in September. Okay. And they all basically kind of do the same thing once the first birthday happens. And so last year, the first girl wanted a silk uh, aerial birthday party. Okay. And so we had to get a silk aerial birthday party for her. And then naturally, every girl after that wanted the same right. exact party. So right. we all had to rent out the silk uh, place for birthday parties that month for each child's birthday or whatnot. <laughs> and so I'm thankful that we're just doing sleepovers this year. Yeah. that. Well, it's funny because um, the the guy that does my hair, Marion, he has his own shop. And he's he's like multi-hyphenate. He does everything, right? He's, right. A, he's a serial entrepreneur. And... When I, I remember years ago, I have a girlfriend, Debbie, and she used to get her, the guy, somebody used to come to her house to do her nails. And so when her daughter, Jenna, who's a grown woman now with three beautiful kids, she was used to somebody coming to the house to do her nails. So I'm like, <laughs> I look sense. at Ariel getting her hair done at home. People will think that, oh no, doesn't, the per doesn't your person come to your house? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like just like John Travolta's kids when they get on the first right. time they got in the public airplane, they're like, who are all these people on daddy's plane? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Why are the others here? Yeah, like what are they doing here? Are we giving them a ride? Mm. Giving them a ride? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Um, my weekend. How was my weekend? How was your weekend? Well, I we were off last week. I was in Denver. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Ancestry.com. So we went to Denver to go see Herbie Hancock because we didn't want to go with the wildfires to to um um Hawaii. Canada. No, oh. Canada. <laughs> so um he went to, we went with the Boulder, which is so funny. I didn't know that. Colorado University was in Boulder until right. like See you. two weeks ago. I was like, oh, that's the same place. Okay, great. The prime um, effect. I, yes. And I saw a long lost cousin of mine that I didn't know even existed. I didn't think there was, I had any family on my grandmother's, my paternal grandmother's side. And he found, well, another cousin found me in the spring and then he found me a month ago and we met and he was lovely Ed and his wife Joe, and turns out he's a nephew here in Atlanta. So I have family in Atlanta. Look at that yes, new I'm families. So, I'm so excited. My mother's like, I'm glad you're excited. Now here's she, the here's the most important question about going to Colorado. Did you partake in any of that Rocky Mountain High marijuana I while out in Colorado? Not. I God didn't even damn it. Why'd gummies? you even go? I guess I'm with the wrong person. You, so I didn't even like the thought. I don't even think it really. Cross my mind. We were in Five Points, which is an area that mm -hmm. was the oldest black owned, you know, black, you know, neighborhood in yeah. Denver, which is being colonized. Gentrified. Yeah, right. And um, there was a distillery there, dispensary rather. And but it was all it was all boarded up. So I'm gonna figure Damn. that because it was kind of in the cut, yeah. they couldn't afford the security or the you know, it's all cash business. So that's that's a cl as close as I came to one. I didn't even see them. So and I, I was staying downtown as well. Right. So it's I guess it's there's probably they're probably if I would have gone to some more neighborhoods. I mean, I it's been so it's been legal so long over there that they're probably just like in shopping centers and in yeah. stores. Like it's completely normal. Like it looks like a completely normal storefront when it's probably just yeah. like a, a marijuana dis uh, dispensary. Probably because it's been legal over there for like a decade now. Like, yeah, you know, at least. Yeah. At, at least. least, yep, at least. All right, Shane, who are we? Who are we, man? That's the question. Well, we are two seasoned, uncensored corporate veterans who are here to 
pass along the knowledge received from lessons learned um, from mistakes made in hopes that you don't make the same mistakes. But if you if you decide to be grown and fuck up, and make the same mistakes. Well, <laughs> God damn it. Hope you can laugh while you're doing it. OK, <laughs> laugh like us. Laugh like us. We're not laughing at you. We're laughing with you. Right. We are laughing with you. So we have nothing but illustrious guests. So we shout out to Deces and Meryl. <laughs> right. I know. I wish they would come back. Yo, get so y'all much. shit together, man. We miss y'all. Right. I mean, come on. It, what's more important? I think the bag's more important. The bag you know? is more important than the homie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, in, gotta... this, in this instance, how long they know that guy? I mean, how Yo, long like Snoop said, sometimes you got to leave the homie behind. You got to leave the homie behind. I mean, yeah. So especially if they're cutting up. Yo, bring us the show back. Bring but, us the show yeah, back. I think that uh, Ashton Kutcher and uh, his wife have learned about trying to be loyal to people. Yeah, they're already getting their asses handed to sometimes them because you gotta of leave the homie behind. Danny Masterson stuff, like, and it, I, I'm all about supporting your friends, but sometimes you got to do it quietly. Now, speaking of supporting friends and illustrious guests, it's the perfect segue to the person that's going to be joining us today. Let me introduce to some and reintroduce to others. <laughs> the one and only Dr. Simone Whitmore. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, I don't know who that is. Who is that? <laughs> it sounded like I was waiting to see who he was about to introduce. Oh, yeah. He's talking about you. You, you impotent. You, you know, you somebody. I is kind. I is beautiful. I is... My mama told me my whole life. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yo, before we get started, I want to shout out to the ladies around here who in their 50s looking better than these women in their 30s. Shout All out right. To, shout go. out to Trish and Simone out here raising the bar, setting I standards. Look at y'all too. Can't tell y'all nothing. Oh, Goodness gracious. I don't know. Who, who would know that we have grown boys, right? Grown. I don't know. Trips. Stamping passports. I, I feel like every day when I look at myself, I feel as old as I am. <laughs> <laughs> deny it. Deny I'm it. Like eh, I feel old. Um, no, you so, got to deny it. All right. So, what does David Lindbergh say? My our next guest needs no introduction. So, but we will still say that she is a doctor. She's a mom, a reality TV star, a wife, a business owner. She's all those things. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you all for having me. All right. So Shane jumped the gun because we were not going to have you do hot topics, Shane. Well, I don't want to do hot topics. Yeah, she's not doing hot topics. So I want to be the hot topic. I'm just joking. joking. (laughs) You are the hot topic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We saw you at the Beyonce concert. We saw your, Mm. I saw your, did you see her Instagram? Yeah, I did. Shane. (laughs) Yeah, I was there. When I tell you there were some outfits in the building. Now, oh, I didn't I'm wear my sure. silver like I was supposed to. I know. That, yeah, everybody but, that was saying the shame. Yeah. Yeah. The silver people outfit were, should people, have been sold out for some of the people. They People spent a lot of time. They put they put a lot of effort. I guess if you're going, I mean, you can't just throw on some jeans and t-shirt, right? You gotta, no, not at all. You gotta, a lot of people were trying to like mimic her favorite outfits. No. Not where you going to see B. Wait, there was she was performing, and there was a person in the crowd who had on the same thing she had on. Really, <laughs> they had the same dress that she had on. How they did that? Well, no, maybe they just had a maid. Remember, she yeah. had a bunch of different concerts, a bunch of different outfits. Yeah, yeah folks was doing um, research. What it took to put that production on was amazing. What she charged me to see her put that production on was but that wasn't amazing because she doesn't get that. They, so the tickets are so the you probably got a resale ticket. So what happens is Ticketmaster. I didn't get a resale. I didn't get a resale. <laughs> no, no, no. That got Even the when original. Say what? So so Ticketmaster like they oh they sell the tickets right? They sell right. them out let the bots buy them and then they resell them and you you don't even know if you're getting one that's the face value or so i got a face value ticket Uh sold to the mercedes-benz seat okay 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 i got one of those that ticket was high it was well, it's it was eight hundred and fifty dollars. I was not on the floor, and okay. we got to talk about ticket sales because 
Can mm-hmm. the average person truly afford the ticket sales or am I just old no. and tight with my money? I say the same thing. Like people should not be a con- like making life choices. You know, I know it's some people, it's not a choice. It's, well, Beyonce, I know, it's Beyonce like, over everything for some people. It, I I mean, know, like, it ain't even a choice. I like, I'll find like, another apartment. Folks ain't right. making a choice. It's Beyonce a over right. everything. It's be my child to go to Beyonce. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, You'll be all right. You can miss a meal or two. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, yeah the, I remember Aaron wanted to go see Taylor Swift and when they, they were tickets that they were selling. They weren't, they weren't resold and they were 800. It was an obstructed view. I was oh, like, no. I can't do that. I can't, I can't do an obstructive view for eight hundred dollars, and that was just per tickets. I mean, so that was sixteen hundred dollars. So yeah, I don't know. Things are crazy. They absolutely are. All right, so our we'll get into our hot topics real quickly. So um, I, it, this is this one isn't fun, but it's happening a lot. Everybody, it feels like everybody is striking, right? So I, mm-hmm. what do we have? United Auto Workers. We yes. have SAG. We yep. have writers. We the have airline workers. You see, yeah, there are pilots. What you said, the Southwest pilots. Yep, Southwest pilots are on, going on strike too. So I think it's what's up, man. I think it's just people deciding that they are tired of accepting what corporate America says they have to accept, and they're like, "Nah, we good. There's power in numbers, so we're gonna uh, either you comply to our terms, or you're gonna see how well you can function without us." You know? Okay. And I, I like well, it. I like to see people coming together. So UAW, there's 13,000 participants, um, but they think it could reach up to 150,000 if all additional plans go on strike. Mm. So they're negotiating with the big three auto companies, Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis. Who knew that Daimler Chrysler got bought by a multinational conglomerate? Did anybody else Mm. know that? No. American ain't American anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. So um, the contract expired 11.59 p.m. on Sunday. So they're, I saw earlier today that I think Ford was cutting six, like 600 jobs and some others are thinking about cutting jobs too. And I hope that does not happen, but I know they're looking for a pay. But I feel like the cut is in response to the strike, right? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah, it's being petty. Yeah. They're being petty. So, um, all right. So. Let's see. Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. So SAG-AFTRA, there's 160,000 art, um, actors and entertainment professionals. And that started July 7th. Um, they're negotiating with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. And I don't think that's going well. They want wage increase. Um, they want improved health care coverage, compensation for, for, for virtual auditions, protections of their likelihood, likeliness. Yeah. So, because they're being exploited through AI, so you're not they even. Are. Yeah, that's so crazy. It's kind of like is is entertainment reflecting life or life reflecting entertainment? Because I'm not sure if you guys watch Black Mirror, but there was a in one of the Black Mirror episodes uh, mm-hmm. when they dropped a new season, Selma Hayek was going through that same thing. Like her character mm-hmm. got turned into an AI, and she had signed a contract, not realizing that that meant that they could do whatever they wanted with her character forever mm-hmm. and ever. And that was like wow. the whole thing in that whole series is like, what was AI? What was reality? And what, you know, what power does actors actually really have? Mm-hmm. And now here we go again, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Um, the Writers Guild of America, there are 11,500 writers in film, television, radio, and online media. Um, they want, let's see, higher compensation and residuals, especially for streaming content. Minimum staffing and duration of work for writers' rooms and regulated a regulated use of artificial intelligence on projects as well. So, um, but that's not it. There's hotel workers on strike, like 1,750. Um, there's nurses on strike at mm-hmm. uh, Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital. About 1,700 nur- 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 ugh, nurses in North New Brunswick. Um, Shout out to the nurses who do all the really really important work and taking care of the patients you know i know we have a doctor on on set but nurses we couldn't do it without them couldn't do it without them could not do it it is truly a team effort shout out to the nurses and they work really hard and deserve so much more Uh, association of professional flight attendants there's about twenty six thousand flight attendants they've been on strike since august 30th so um, they want increased payment amounts and payments for 
boarding and reimbursement. And, I mean, it's like it's going to go. It goes on and on. It, goes, it just goes on and on. So, um, Let's get these folks their money, please. Yeah, Please give them their money because we ain't going to have nothing to watch. <laughs> Let's go. I need well, I, I need a friend. TV. Ah, shout out to you. reality well, we TV. Have, well, yes, we have shout married to the for you. I can't watch it every day. I can't. I know. You can you can binge, you can go back to season one and start binging TV. it again. Thank God for scripted TV, right? Yeah. Um, no, I mean Shane, I watch them on Sunday. I, I watch it Sunday and I watch it live. I don't record it, so it's yeah. like I guess so. Yeah, we'll have to figure out Binging, something. Yeah, something. Something, something to stream. I mean, there's. I guess there's enough content out there. All right. So, Shane, what do we say we're going to talk about next? The Prime Effect. Oh man! Uh, shout out to Deion Sanders. You know what I'm saying? Coming mm-hmm. out of Colorado. Did you watch the game? Did you guys watch the game? I was up till one o'clock in the morning watching that game, bro. I fell asleep before halftime, but I woke up in that second overtime. Oh, then <laughs> you woke up at the right time. You see, you got a chance. You didn't have to go through all the fluctuations, the heart palpitations yeah. when they were struggling. It was, it was yes. tough because it was like they didn't know where you can lose to this team after all that coaching after, talk about that trash. Yeah, I know. You gotta that's win. Right. You gotta uh, yeah, when win. I went, to, Jay, my husband stayed up till midnight. And yeah. Simone, you don't know this, but he goes to bed at about eight, eight thirty. So he was up. Oh, I yeah, was, I think, right. I was asleep, and I woke up and I was like, "Do you want me to turn the game on?" And he was like, "No, I'm, I'm going to sleep." But this is I, like one Jay, man. Who's completely yeah. changed the whole city? Like literally, yeah. Boulder has become a hot spot. You know, the announcer on uh, Saturday says it's like a BT Awards, which was yeah. kind of little. It was yeah. like iffy. Like my wife didn't I even watch sports, but she was in the room and she turned around. She was like, "Was that a black man?" I was like, "Yeah, he was black. He could say that." It was like if he wasn't black, right? I, that was right, like, oh, yeah. But it was like a BT. But he was Everyone black, was there. and I was feeling him. I wish I had been there. Yo, was everybody was there. Everybody was there. How you get the Every- rock? You got a sideline with the rock. You got uh Master P. Yeah, uh Master P was Master there. Master P was there. So funny. you know, Master P came out to, to uh. show his face, right? It was like, no, the prime effect is crazy. You know, uh, we talking about not just him recruiting D1 kids. We talking about kids from HBCUs that he took with him to a D1 school mm-hmm. and they out here three and oh. So shout out to my HBCUs. We finally, we may have won prime to stay. We all mm-hmm. wish he stayed at an HBCU, but he's showing that the talent at HBCUs are on level with any other facility any right. place else. You give us an opportunity to shine and you know, black folk gonna shine and they're doing just that, man. So shout out to those boys who, who came from a little school, Mm-hmm. And going on this big stage and are just as proficient and just as effective. And Dion is still Dion still talking this swag. You know, what he said back in the 80s, if you look good, you feel good, if you feel good, you play good. And Dion keep doing that, right? He got his kids right. looking good. Everybody got their steady chains on. They looking <laughs> good out there. But like Dion said, they may look good, but they work hard. Right. They work hard and it shows when they get on the field, man. So the prime effect is real. Shout and out they questioned Dion. Shador. They questioned him when he was at HBCU. Of course. Throwing those nah, numbers up and then yeah. he can he do it with more competition? Now so. look at him cutting up right. one interception in the last three games, almost averaging over 400 yards a game. The boy is a problem. The boy's gonna be a real problem out here. And let's let's not forget about Shiloh. Shiloh yeah. out there on defense wearing his daddy's number, wearing mm-hmm. number 21, pulling down interception, running back for touchdowns, looking that's just right. like his daddy out there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's kind of dope to be a father. You got two boys, one on offense, one on defense, both shining, both doing their things, and neither one of them getting in trouble, neither one of them right. cutting up. They just being right. stars, man. That says a lot, right there. Absolutely. So, by the numbers, there are about three hundred thousand more people in downtown Denver on game day. Um, the economic impact on Boulder is about uh, what seventeen million dollars mm-hmm. on game day. This is a little town. I mean, it's like it is a little town. Everybody um, wants to be there. They've Good had the them. largest crowds in uh, in fifteen years, and tickets are going for four hundred dollars on the secondary market. So on Saturday, they had the highest, they had the highest uh price ticket in college football for the game on Saturday. They did that is insane. All because of one one black man, one black man with eight toes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) One eight-toed black man is out there. You know what? We did. We left two of them out. We left two of them out of it. (laughs) We left two of them out of it. We definitely did. irritated though because people were so mad at him when he left you know jackson state. i was i, I mean, was one were, of those people they were mad like why can't he stay and 
Then I would love to see the shine. He brought so much shine to HBCUs, and it it was like, dang, like he's leaving. So the spotlight, the spotlight that shone so brightly, uh, left with him. But we still get the residuals now because we still seen these HBCU kids being mm-hmm. great. Um, I hope that ESPN and all these sports networks continue to give HBCUs TV time like they did last year and mm-hmm. the year before when Dion was there and not take that away and whatnot. It's just going to be up to these next group of coaches that comes out to get their teams up to the high level of performing that Jackson State was performing at so that we can continue to get this TV time, get more money into the schools. By get more money, we can have better facilities, get better players. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a trickle It's a effect. vicious cycle, though. Mm-hmm. And it all begins with the money bag because if some of these players, especially they know that they're going to be heavily recruited from the NFL, Honestly, it doesn't matter where they It doesn't matter. I say that all the time. And I feel like no difference. Coach Sanders really is showing that it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter where you play, and they might as well give the opportunity to shine the spotlight Mm -hmm. on HBCUs. But HBCUs, we always get the short end of the stick. We did. I'm a graduate of an HBCU. So is you. My husband graduate of it. HBCU. I wouldn't trade my HBCU experience for anything. Simone, where did you go? Um, Spelman and Cecil's and Morehouse. Right, I knew. Okay, I knew. I remember that one time I told you. I don't know if I was telling (laughs) you the day that I dropped Jackson off. I'm not Jackson Jay. You guys were tailgating for the homecoming. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I I was like that. Eric was like Beirut. I'm like, (laughs) there were so many people and they were doing so many different things. It was mayhem. Coming is it was mayhem. I don't don't know that any other HBCU has a homecoming tip. Wait, homecoming tailgate like Morehouse. And listen, I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag. You don't want to brag. Remember, Freak Nick started with our Nick. Hey man, our college picnic. It did because y'all kids didn't know how to go back home, and you know, yeah. so they decided they needed a party when they were at school. Yeah. I don't want to be here I understand here that. Are we gonna see you on the documentary when it comes out? <laughs> no. <laughs> are you? Hey, no, you know, no, are you? No, no. Are you one of these people who are trying to block the documentary? Because there's yeah. a group of there's a group of individuals of high You're esteemed on. individuals. Who brought suit to Hulu to block the documentary from coming out because oh they're afraid that they may be on it and they're in high positions right there in the city of Atlanta and they don't want the they don't want the documentary coming out. I don't know. We find a way to block everything, don't we? Oh my gosh. I'm just saying that'll make that'll make people want to see it even more. Hey, when that doc hey, it's a lot of people were worried for a while there. They're like a lot of parents were pulling their kids to the side, be like, look, when I was in college, some things happened that I may. <laughs> I may be on you, this video. When we were in college, it truly was just a college picnic. We drank, we barbecued, we listened to music, we danced. Um, we just hung out and had a real black picnic. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a good time. And then it just grew it just into, morphed into something this thing. Yeah. astronomical. I remember coming back uh, in the 90s. I was still in medical school and I couldn't even get a plate. I couldn't find parking. And so we wound up not staying for the freak Nick because we couldn't find parking. Yeah, that's crazy. Stories you get, there's a, like a little mini documentary on YouTube that's like 45 minutes. I that's saw talking it. about it. Yeah. I mean, if that's just like a tip of the iceberg of what JD's documentary is supposed to be like. So, mm. you know. If, I can't wait to see it and support it. I've never yeah. been, but when I first moved here in 98, I worked with a guy who showed me a video. And I oh. was like, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> right. Oh. Like, uh, he showed you a video. Not for the faint at heart. He had, he, had, he, he had a video camera and he showed me live footage. And I was like, okay, I'm going to need my jacket, please. <laughs> I got to yeah, go. Like, he was trying to test you, Tristan. Why am I yeah, told you no. that you were absent minded about people, work, <laughs> about these dudes who've been trying to test you to be their work wife? He was trying to gauge you <laughs> to be his work wife. Because if you enjoyed yeah, that well, video, he was like, oh, I no, got other I videos I can show it. you too. I was too, like, you know? what? I was like, this was ha- this happened in the streets? Uh uh-uh, uh, I got to go. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So we got the prime effect. We have the Beyonce bump. So Beyonce out here raising economies like yeah. she meant to Musa. 
everywhere <laughs> Beyonce goes. Shout out to Manson Musa, the richest man in world history. If you guys don't know who he is, go look him up. He was worth somewhere around like $400 trillion of what would be in today's dollars. He was worth so much money that when he was traveling, pilgriming through, going a pilgrimage through Africa, he would distribute gold like it was nothing. And he distributed so much gold that it disrupted the economies of all the countries that he walked through. And now we got Beyonce doing the now same thing. We have thing. Beyonce. Now we have. What's her. Beyonce doing up there in Switzerland? Trish? So she rose, in, in, not interest rates, but the economy rose as well as the, um, the like, I guess the GDP or whatever rose. Yeah. But this is just period. Like in the towns or cities that she goes to, hotels and travel are up 20 per, 21%. Shopping is up 10%. Beauty services are up 9%. Restaurants, 30. Black-owned businesses for beauty, 14%. For food, it's 4%. Then women-owned businesses, the shopping is up 21%. Beauty is 13%. But for LGBTQ-owned businesses, shopping is up 194%. Wow. It's yeah, she, yeah, she Yeah, she's her own. She she needs her own currency. She, she Shut needs up, her own Beyonce. money. She needs her own money. Like, oh my gosh. She's like a stimulus. Amazing. She's like a stimulus check. <laughs> All right. So, oh no. Oh, Shane, you had, you have the alien story. Cause Shane is convinced all the Shane and all of his cohorts are convinced that the aliens came out. Right. So Mexico out here. <laughs> Me Mexico out here had a press release last year, last week saying that they had alien bodies and they, you know, reveal these alien bodies that they had. And a lot of people are like, oh, they're fake. But my theory is that they're actually real because they look fake. And we think they look fake because they look just like the aliens that was in Men in Black. And we we're like, well, if it was in a movie, then it got to be fake. But I always thought that Will Smith has always been like an ambassador of the government to try to numb us to reality. Because remember when Will Smith dropped the movie Enemy of the State? We thought Enemy of the State was the most ludicrous thing in the world because there's no way the government's listen to us. Mm -hmm. They don't have all this. But Did we think that, though? A lot of people didn't thought Enemy of the State was ridiculous, that there's no way this could be true. Oh. And it turns out Enemy of the oh. State is exactly true. Yes. Enemy of the State yes. is exactly everything that's going the, on. Scratching the surface, right? yeah. You know, Will Smith, all his alien movies, it's like uh, now, now the aliens started to come out, and now they look just like the aliens in Men in Black. I'm like, I think the aliens were real. And Will Smith okay. just made us feel like they were fake. So they're they are all like little aliens smoking cigarettes? Like yeah, most definitely. You know what I mean? We got all kinds of different kinds of aliens running around <laughs> with us or whatever. And a shout out to Beyonce. You know, she does her little alien song in the in her tour. And the aliens wanted to come out and see what the shout out was about. So they all so ran around. they came from, from yeah. galaxies far and hey, wide. It's the, Beyonce, to... it's the Beyonce effect. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. They're here to see Beyonce. Now, did they pay? No, nah, they don't got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't got to pay. So they, how are they, they just, there? Is they just hover. They just hover above the stadiums and oh. they just look at it. Yeah, that's all. Okay, okay. Because they're already silver. Are, are, oh, or were they, they blend silver? right in? You okay. know, there's some people at the concerts who had alien like gear on in their little silver outfits. That was probably them hanging out in oh. live in person. Okay, I'm just saying. Um, my mother's some today. She said something. She was saying something to me. She's like, you know what? I need to talk to Shane because she knows that you're a conspiracy theorist. Exactly. I want to see out. what Shane thinks. I was like, I'm just okay, saying. Ma. You can't. You got to believe in some conspiracy theories. You can't think all conspiracy theories are wrong. That's you think, true. You can't. You can't think the government's been honest with you your whole life. They ain't never lie to you about nothing. Well, my mother doesn't. I told you she doesn't believe they went to the moon. She thinks that they did on the movies. So. I don't believe that either. <laughs> you don't believe they've been to the moon. My mother doesn't believe Come that they on went now. to the moon. Listen, are you, are, you, are you going to tell me that they had perfect, perfect resolution and TV coverage from the moon in the 1960s, but I can't use my cell phone in Target? That don't make no sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Government control use of That don't make no sense to me. Like, I can what see what government control use of your cell phone? I'm just saying, I can hear everything that Buzz is saying on the moon. I can hear everything. But I drive in my car and I get around some trees. My wife, my car drop when I'm talking to my wife. It don't make no sense. Maybe they saved the good internet and the good. For the well, 60s. there was no internet back then, right? So I guess I don't know. Yeah, we were bouncing satellites. That's a good point. We're using satellites to get to every home in America from the moon. In and the when 1960s. it rains, my Directv goes out. Come on now. And I'm like, I thought it was in this. 
Yeah, I'm one plus one don't equal four. Yeah, okay. Like, I'm just saying, see, Trish, look at you. I'm bringing you over to you. I know you'll get, you'll get, you'll get me with this one. You'll get you, you could get me that with that one. My mom, I got but you. that's because my mom's been saying it for years. So because she's wise, listen to your elders. They know what they're talking <laughs> okay, about. Listen. You're right. Okay. All right. So we have some questions for Simone, for Doctor Simone. Um, at what age did you realize that you wanted to be a doctor? Well, I was actually 12 years old when I decided I wanted to be a doctor. I had I was in junior high school back then when it was seventh, eighth grade. And um, they told us to go home and write a research paper on what we wanted to what we wanted to be when we grow up. So I had a discussion with my dad and he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I love kids. I want to do something with children. And he said, well, cousin such and such, she helped handicapped children, but she doesn't make any money. So you need to do something that you're going to make some money. So why don't you become a children's doctor? So I went to the library because we didn't have search engines back then. We didn't have Google and Yahoo. So I went to the library and asked the librarian, what is the formal name for a children's doctor? She told me pediatrician. I went in the encyclopedia and I read about how to become a pediatrician. And it was just as simple as making sure that every year I had a science, an English, a foreign language, and a math so I could get into college. And from college, I would major in biology pre-med and I left there and went straight to medical school. Now, do you remember any of the languages that you studied all through school? Um, I studied German in high school. I took German for three years in high school. And so I know a few little bitty things. And I got to be an exchange student in Germany when I was 16. I know a few little things like ich habe hunger. I'm hungry. Um, nine for no. Mm-hmm. Um, Kazuntite. Bless you. Right. Now, what was that like being a uh, being a black exchange student in Germany at 16 years old? Yeah. What was that experience like? Dope as hell. Really? Because they, yes, because you could drink. They had. (laughs) I could go to a pub. That's what I'm talking about. Shout out to Germany. 16? Shout out to Germany. Shout out to Germany. Um, It was an amazing experience. So first, I hosted a German student at my home. She came with her own uh, bag of tobacco Mm -hmm. that she used to roll into these cigarettes. And my mom was like, she's smoking. (laughs) But it's like, in her culture, they smoke. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't have this. uh, Back then, this is the 80s. They didn't have the same teenage pregnancy rates that we mm-hmm. have in the United States because at 15, 16, you get a boyfriend, you get on a birth control pill. Like they went hand in hand. Um, some of the differences, um, they don't like shave underarm, pubic, um, leg hair. Keep it all natural. They might not wear deodorant. So those were some huge differences, but it was a cool thing. They had Benzes everywhere, Mercedes Benzes mm-hmm. and taxes and right. people had them. They just weren't considered like these luxury, luxury cars. Right. But what was interesting is that, a, you know, a group of kids, we'd get in a car, we'd ride to a pub and come out of the pub. And I'm walking towards the parking lot. Everybody else is walking toward the train station. They do not drink and drive because it's a whole process to Mm -hmm. get your license. And it's very expensive to get your driver's license. They don't put it in jeopardy. Oh, that's what's up. That's some freedom. What city did you go to? We went to Dusseldorf. Okay. Um, And then there was one other city. But I spent the majority of my time in Dusseldorf. Okay. So I've, I've flown through Dusseldorf on the way to um, Frankfurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and we took a train over to Paris. So it was daddy. a really neat experience for a little black girl. And at the time, my parents were divorced. My father is an, was an alcoholic. And so it was a really neat experience for me coming from a single home. But my mom, she made it happen. So that answers my second question, why OBGYN? Um, 
what led you to open your own practice versus working for a hospital or a health system? So you asked me a bunch of questions up in there, Patricia. <laughs> um, you asked why open why open up your own practice? Which one? So going to start with? Yeah, yeah. No, what what led you to open your own practice versus working for a health system? Um. So, um. Once I left my residency training, I knew that I wanted to be in private practice. I knew I didn't want to be in an academic arena and work for a big university hospital setting. Um, so I left Boston. I did my residency training at Boston University, Boston Medical Center. I left there and did two years of private practice in Memphis. And I, I loved it, but I signed a horrible non-compete clause so I'm, when i was not willing to renew my contract with her i hired a, um a recruiter and found a job here in atlanta which is uh my husband me and my husband's first choice on mm -hmm. both of our lists of cities to to possibly live in mm -hmm. so i hired a recruiter came to atlanta and i worked for a guy and that first year working for him walking the halls of the hospital i met dr jackie she already owned her own practice when i met her oh wow and she was wow. like girl you need to come and join me <laughs> so i'm like yeah she's doing it she's doing That's it what's up. and so i after my contract was up with him i snuck out the back door into her practice and we were only together. She already had a partner that she had been married to for seven years. When I say married to a business, yeah, partner, yeah, business partner, she mm -hmm. was with for seven years and I kind of came in, shook things up a little bit, made people mad. And so eventually they told me to get my shit and go. <laughs> They're like, like you ain't gotta go, you ain't gotta go home, but uh <laughs> but you got to get out of here. Yeah. Um so 15 months after I was with them, I moved two buildings down from them. And it's just been a blessing. Um That's yeah, and it Jackie and I remained friends throughout that. Um, it was an amazing experience. Had you told me that I was going to open my own practice, I would have slapped you because I had planned to always work for somebody. But when God tells me to move or he gives me a little mm -hmm. nudge, baby, I take off running. Mm -hmm. so. You got to, man. That's that's big. People say if you look at the people that's closest to you, that's a sign of what your future is going to be. You know, and so by you linking up with Jackie so early being with yeah. the entrepreneur it's like it was almost destined where you you gotta you you can't be around another entrepreneur doing their thing coaching yeah. mentoring you and you not do your thing too you yeah. got that's why i hang out with trish i figured some of her shine and rub up on me <laughs> yeah. eventually, you know what i'm saying your checks in the yeah. mail i appreciate Shane's that change my, my <laughs> all right what's the biggest lesson that you've learned in the that you learned the first five years of of uh having your own business your own practice the biggest lesson I would say is that when you open a business, a business is like a newborn baby oh. that never grows up into an adult. <laughs> and so it so like I never stray too far away from my baby. I don't just leave my baby in the hands of anybody. Um, mm. It's like a baby mm. that never That's grows great analogy. into That's a good an one. adult. I've never. That's a good one. You well, just don't hire anybody. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. How hard is it for you to go on vacation? It's not that it's hard to go on vacation because I mm -hmm. go on vacation often. I take a lot of mini trips where I leave on Wednesday or Thursday. I'm back on Sunday, uh, but I never unplug from mm. my business. Yeah. Um, I call them no matter what country I'm in. Um, and so like, that's weird. Cause you got to set the time. Like mm -hmm. I've been on a couple of cruises before where you might not have internet. Mm, I'm not going on those because I want internet access. I want to be able to know even with other doctors and mm -hmm. providers covering for me, I still want to know that everything is running smoothly and everything is okay. Um, staff become like family, right. but <clears throat> One of the things about being an OBGYN, I'm still always 24 hours a day, seven days a week at risk of being sued 
whether I am present or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, is the malpractice insurance for OBGYNs higher than any other? Um, um, we have we have one of the highest. We're probably not the highest because neurosurgeons probably have a high one too, but mm-hmm. ours is pretty high. We're definitely in that top five. So that's a great segue. So Shane, you had a question that you wanted yeah. to ask. So I am a father of four kids. My wife has had to have a C-section for all of our children. Um, mm-hmm. And Were they all singleton pregnancies or you have some twins in there? No, nah, they're all singles. Okay. Every single one of them. And there was one thing. She always wanted to have natural births. And the first doctor kind of pressured us into the C-section. Um, and that's something that she wished she could have advocated for herself more um, during that time period because then it kind of was a trickle-down effect. No other doctor wanted her to go natural after the C-section. Then definitely after the second C-section, it was not happening it was um, at right. all. Right. And so with about, as of 2021, it was about like 70, there's about 70 deaths per one. 100,000 live births and women, especially black women, aren't really listened to when they're talking to their doctors. And coming from a doctor's perspective, how would you advise women, black women to advocate for themselves? What should they say? How do they bring it up? How do they uh, get their voices heard when they're talking to their doctors? So the first thing I would say is to go get a black doctor, but there are only five of us, 5% of us among all doctors in the United States. So they're not a lot of us living in a city like Atlanta. We're blessed that there are so many. That's it? 5%. Golly. Wow. 5%. That's tough. So, um, and to be honest with you, I never even thought about those numbers because I started private practice in Memphis, Tennessee, there were plenty of black doctors. And then I left there and I came here, plenty of black doctors. Mm -hmm. But every time I would have a patient to leave here going to another city, they always want a recommendation for a black doctor, which I could never ever provide. And um, it wasn't until I started filming reality TV that I honed in on those numbers. Um, and obviously over the years and definitely during the pandemic, a lot of these discrepancies that we see for Blacks, it became heightened. Like Mm -hmm. we've known as doctors that there are these discrepancies and that nobody is listening to us. I heard a statistic back in the 90s that a Black woman who goes to the emergency room with a heart attack is more likely to be uh, misdiagnosed, sent out with uh, medicine for reflux or heartburn, that sort of a thing. So we've always known these these discrepancies exist. What I would tell a woman in terms of advocating for herself, number one, if she can find a black physician, male or female, because the male physicians are still more common, that would be my first recommendation. But again, remembering uh, for pregnancy, for instance, take questions. I tell my patients all the time, write them down, put them in your smart smartphone, ask me the questions, right? Mm-hmm. But if you all along the pregnancy aren't getting answers, getting brushed off, getting rushed through your appointment, what do you think is going to happen at delivery? Mm-hmm. Nobody's now going to wake up and start listening to you. So don't brush it off if you get brushed off. Um, okay. Go ahead and deal with that and consider changing doctors. The young people, <clears throat> I don't know how old you are, but the young people tend to google search and do all of that to find their doctor Mm -hmm. patricia and i we go on word of mouth who'd you Mm. say your doctor was did you have a good experience did you like your doctor Mm -hmm. because when you're talking to each other you can say well hey this doctor is fantastic but they're gonna get you in and out this doctor they're really slow the waits are long but they're gonna answer all of your questions you're gonna have the rundown whereas now People are putting their reviews up, right? They're putting their reviews up. Some 
I, I have patients, I, I love them, but I tell everybody I have five stars. That's the most you can get. And I have mm -hmm. one stars. There's not a lot in between that. No. And so to get some honest feedback, honestly, there should be some three stars, some two stars, some four stars. But I have patients that bond with me, we click, and I have patients that don't bond with me and my personality. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm actually okay with that. Not everybody is a mm -hmm. good fit. Yep. And when you don't have a good fit, you need to change doctors. I did mm. that. I, I changed so many I, people. I got a doctor because of a referral. A mm -hmm. girl, he was my girlfriend's um gynecologist and another friend's mm -hmm. OBGYN. And I it was a I was due like in three weeks, and I was like, he's not delivering my baby. That's and good. I got I got in the phone book. <laughs> but I challenge you not to wait that late. I know. Yeah. I I was, he was, he was a former in, he was a former engineer mm -hmm. and it was just, it was not a, it was not a, it was not that a, engineer I not even take a patient that late. Yeah. Uh, but I just let thought I, I wanted to say uh, that having a cesarean delivery is not the worst thing that can happen to you. About 75% of women are going to have vaginal birth. 25% of women are going to have cesarean sections. And this is what I tell my patients. I don't care about your desires and these goals that you set. Life doesn't happen like that. Mm -hmm. God gives us clues and messages and signs. And mm -hmm. when he listens, when he, when he sends a message, I listen. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think sometimes we get on a track. Um, <clears throat> I had a patient that I had listened to the entire pregnancy. She went, she got a second opinion because she didn't want a C-section. This was her second baby. She had a vaginal delivery for the first baby. And <clears throat> I was like, whatever it takes, you know, I want her to be in the delivery room. I want her to be satisfied and somewhat with some autonomy and feeling like she had some say in the matter. Well, after y'all have to forgive me. That's a great light. Wonderful chandelier. That's very pretty. Thank you. So that was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> but after two days of trying to get a vaginal delivery, when I tell you that oh, you need wow. a C-section, don't bark back and tell me that I'm trying to rush you into a C-section. Oh, and that was the gosh. feedback she gave me. Why we just feel like ever since we got here, girl. Shout out to you for being patient for 48 hours. Yeah, that's, that's who wants yeah. to be in labor for two days. But that that is some of what we're facing is that people really think by the time we tell them. And I've had it where I'm wrong. I told a patient I was going off call and another doctor was coming on. I was like, oh, you know, you've been at five centimeters all day. I mm -hmm. think you might need a c-section she delivered vaginally two hours later mm -hmm. and That's so it's cool. not that i've never been wrong i don't mm -hmm. mind being wrong i right. came in and gave her a hundred dollar gift card the next morning because i was wrong so i don't have a problem with mm -hmm. that but there's nothing wrong with having a cesarean section no. the, yeah. the goal is a healthy baby Best. absolutely oh. and a healthy alive mama yes Best. yes well, I, when I did switch, um, I, I want I got a midwife, and the midwives mm -hmm. have a very low episiotomy rate. Guess who got a third degree episiotomy? Me. Mm, she was down there see. cutting. I was like looking at yeah. my husband, like, "What? Does she not know that she's supposed to have a low episiotomy rate?" But I was right. Like, he, you know, right. She, she later she everything said everything doesn't fit the textbook. Yeah, right. I was like, whatever. She sewed me up like Betsy, Betsy Ross. Stitch, so. stitch. Yep. All right. So let's see. What tips would you give someone who wants to open their own practice and have a family? Mm. Well, what I would say. So it's two babies. <laughs> <laughs> That's three. Hey, husbands right. might be oh, yeah. a little baby too. <laughs> yeah. We need what to be loving. What I would say is this, is that I would, because starting a practice, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of your time. And I would, if I were mentoring a young woman now, 
I would tell her to get married, start your family, and worry about the business of medicine later. Mm. Because while I love being my own boss, it has a lot of pearls and perils. Um, there's just a lot. Um, you know, you have to go to the bank, you have to get loans. When things like COVID hit and our volumes were down, the operating room shut off and we could not do elective surgery anymore. Well, that can impact mm -hmm. your your bottom line. And if you don't have the money to float yourself and you couldn't go back to the bank and be like, oh, I'm broke and I need more money because right. the bank is like, no, you're broke. And so we can't underwrite any more money, but it is such a huge undertaking. And I'm not saying not to do it, but you have to have a supportive spouse in place. You have to at least have some help with childcare and already start thinking along those lines. Um, there were lots of games, uh, musical concerts at school, um, school parties that I missed as a result of being a business owner. Mm -hmm. And I talked to my children and said, hey, you know, for spring break, mommy gets to take you to the Bahamas or, you know, mommy gets to take you on this fabulous spring break trip, but it doesn't, it doesn't work if I'm not working. And so you have to keep talking to the children. It's not that you don't love them when you're not there. Mm -hmm. All right. This was Shane's question. If you had a tip for a new boy mom slash parent, what would it be? If I had a tip, a tip for, for a, a new boy mom, boy moms out here, he's got three boys. I got, you have two. Oh, I have two. Yes, so yes, yes. So what would your tip be? <sighs> go, go get a fresh pair of little mini Jordans. They make them. <laughs> 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 My biggest tip is it's it's okay to let him cry. Facts. It's not gonna kill him. Let the boys let cry. cry. Let them boys cry. Let them fall down a little bit. Let them I didn't. I didn't let Miles or Michael cry. Didn't you didn't. You oh. didn't. Regretting it. Mm -mm. Oh, you I said, did you say boys day, don't cry? Well, no, I didn't say they. I didn't say boys don't cry. I didn't let my babies. Cry. She didn't let them cry. Uh, oh, I didn't let my babies. Oh, and so they're just, they're uh, so entitled now, and that yeah. all started from first not letting them cry yeah so they're entitled now mm -hmm. i think that's a fine line that we all walk i think trisha yeah. talked about this before is like you know we want to give our kids everything that we didn't have we want to give them mm -hmm. the the life growing up that we wanted to have growing up mm -hmm. but then we also want to walk that line of not making them spoiled and entitled right but it's but you also want them to expect the best mm -hmm. things out of life at the same time. Mm -hmm. I want you to want the best and expect the best, but I don't want you to feel like you're entitled to the best. I want you to feel like yeah. you got to work, you know. Shout out, yeah. yeah, boy, yeah, boys are very interesting creatures, you know. You got them, well, especially when you're black decided, boys. Well, I have decided that even though I have spoiled them and I have tried to give them the best that life had to offer. That's what my single mom did for me. Yep. And I turned out all right. Mm -hmm. And I just know that fingers crossed, legs crossed. <laughs> these, <laughs> these boys are going to turn out. They're good right. boys. Yeah. Yes. They already yeah. have turned so, out. All right. Most definitely. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think me as a teenager, I was probably a little entitled as well so you just thought well things are a certain way that's the way they're supposed to be so and my parents exactly. like they like to travel and they like to you know to dress and so you know they mm -hmm. like certain things and so i just kind of grew up that way too but um um that's jackson calling me my um, child who asked me for <laughs> i told shane jackson, i could sponsor 10 kids in africa for what i sponsor jackson Jackson's my guy. Does Shane know that you and I co-parent one of your sons? <laughs> yes. yes, yes. <laughs> you, wait a minute. What did he call you the other day? Okay, so he, I got a letter. He, well, he got a letter the other day from his school. And I opened it because I'm like, I let me open it and see what it is. And I, see if I can mm. let him know. And he made Dean's, he made a Dean's list. So oh I sent my him God. A, I'm getting ready to be out of some money. Because you right. know I so paid I him, him a hundred dollars an A. Well, I know. 
Can you believe that shit? Yo, run the check. And he goes to collect his money. So anyway, I sent him. I made a copy of it. I took a picture of it, sent it over to him. He. So the next day, he calls me on Saturday. He said, "Hey, did you know that that came with a cash prize?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "No, I didn't know how much." He said, hundred dollars." I said, "Well, when do you get it?" He said, "As soon as you send it to me." (laughs) So I sent him a hundred dollars. Send him his money. Then he called my mom. The holidays, I get to see his face. And in May, every year, I get to see his face about the grades. And then we have to we have to have that discussion about what is a real A versus a bullshit A. Right. I love Jason. Hold on, wait. What's a bullshit A? What? Um, your football class. That. But listen though. Your your football class. It still contributes (laughs) to the GPA though. I'm not interested. (laughs) (laughs) You don't pay for the bullshit A because you came to class sometime. I'm not interested. That don't count. I want I want some class where you had to put a A with some substance in it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You get you get a you get a hundred dollars for that. Well, you'll be you'll be happy to know. Well uh, you know, my child, not like not like Michael, who's our perfect child. Jason does not believe that the you know, the straight line between two points, the quickest way is a straight line. He's like, no, I'm going to go up here. I'm going to go into retrograde yeah. motion. Well, he's decided that he wants to transfer to tech to go to law school because he figures a degree in public policy from tech will get him into whatever law school he wants to get into. Okay. So my husband's like, just stay where you are. You'll be done at the end of next summer. So he has to take chemistry and calculus um, so that he can go to tech. So. Yeah, that's what he's dealing with right now. Well, I am just after thousands of dollars of therapy, I let <laughs> mine just be on their own journey. <laughs> I'm done giving out advice. That's it. It's done. My husband's done too. Even though he says to me, "If I were you," that's what he says. Yeah, <laughs> if he, I were you, yeah, he's done giving advice directly. He just feeds he his advice through you. Now. If yeah, I were he, you, I would tell him to stay where he is and finish it in the at the end of the summer. I'm like, we, I said it duly noted. You've said it. I said it. He's going to do what he wants to do. Yeah. So. All right. So, and our final question for you. Oh, no, it's not our final. It's. We're not? No. Well, no, it could be. I need to know when will my hot, this one's just for me. When will my hot flashes stop? (laughs) They may never stop. They may never stop. But some of the things that you can do to help your hot flashes Cut back on caffeinated beverages, mm-hmm. alcoholic be- beverages, drink more water, stay hydrated, exercise more, and consider um, herbal supplements like black cohosh, vitamin D, vitamin E, THC, um, soy supplement. No THC, Shane. Oh, okay. I'm, you said herbal supplements. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh huh. Yeah. Now, I've Not done black cohosh. I don't, <laughs> I've cut out caffeine. I drink lots of water. I, mm-hmm. Try to exercise every day. I've tried the black cohosh. Did I've tried work? to supplement with it. Um, one of the things, you know what? I forgot. I have I bought something that had black cohosh in it and other things, and it interfered with my medication, I think. But oh, I boy. have just black cohosh. I forgot to take I haven't been taking it. All right. Well, well make sure that it doesn't interfere with yeah. any of your medication. Yeah. Well, I Googled and um, then dress cool. They yeah. make these little mini fans. I that have you one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she about to pull it yep. out right now. One. Boom. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but you wouldn't suggest hormone replacement therapy though, right? So if you still have your uterus, hormonal replacement therapy with estrogen and progesterone will slightly increase your risk of breast cancer. So okay, like if you have any first degree relatives with breast cancer, you should definitely stay away from the hormones. Um, but it's a discussion depending on your medical history, whether or not, uh, you should, I have had a hysterectomy. So I do wear an estrogen patch patch with help helps with hot flashes, night sweats, vaginal dryness. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to pull my black cohosh out. Um, cause I forgot mm-hmm. I have it in my bin of mm-hmm. vitamins. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, Shane, with our last. Cut back on complex carbohydrates, too, like pasta, rice, and sweets. Okay. The sweet, yeah. Probably the... The sweets is going to be a problem. Well, I mean, I try. Yeah, that's probably... Halloween's coming up. I know how you get around Oh, no. We we ate our weight in candy (laughs) last year. That will not happen. Oh, boy. I bought so much candy. I had to take it to my neighbor's house. I'm like, here, 
keep this from us and I wouldn't get it on. <laughs> like, yeah, that came back, gave you. I need you to give it back to me like, real quick. I need you to bring that yeah, back. Yeah, they know that, that, no, do not give it back beforehand. So, no. Um, it's funny because I was, we were in Denver last week and, and it, there was no humidity and I only had one hot flash. I was like, oh, I drank and I probably wasn't eating sweets. So, that's probably mm. was the, yeah. yeah. So I only right. cut out the caffeine. So, okay. So, this question applies to your entire, work life from very first job as a teenager to maybe even some things you're doing now as an owner it's called i could have been fired when this is in which you reflect on that moment in which you weren't fired maybe the people didn't know what you did that could have caused you to get fired but you know now that you know what i should have been fired i could have been fired if somebody caught me so tell us about a time where you could have been fired i could have been fired when um, I was fired one time by my dad. He had a convenience store. I feel like not your dad, bro. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm not coming today. I'm tired." And he was like, "You're fired." <laughs> oh my god. Um, let me think of something else. I'm not trying pop. to. So he straight up fired know. you and did not, and that was it. He gave me and my best friend jobs for the summer. She kept going. Oh, and wow. I got fired. And you yeah, got for fired. calling out. Mm -hmm. No nepotism there. None. Um, what I'm trying to think. Now I've had some jobs where I had I've delivered lip service where I probably should have been fired. <laughs> but I was so good. You was on talking. You was talking really strong. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you a job. I, sh I if they had known, my first job was at Baskin Robbins. Oh, when I was 15, I lied. I told him I was 16. But I used to call up all my friends, yo, I'm working Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> From 5 to 9, roll through, get that chocolate shot. Let's go. That had is... they known that I was had they known. freeze through some ice cream, I would have been tired. What's That's like Ariel. She's working at the cereal lab. It's this. It's an ice cream store that sells cereal. The see. Oh, you mix it together. Oh, cool. yeah. A little, well, a scoop of ice cream costs $8. Mm. I went there to visit her last week. She Ouch. gave me a tiny, a tiny milkshake. It was $8. I said, Arrow, I thought it was a friends and family. Like, like, like that nice. Oh, I forgot to give you the discount. <laughs> oh, so she ain't giving it away. She ain't even giving the That's discount. That's so funny. Yeah, these she's on the straight and narrow like she's yeah. doing yeah. at home. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, she did tell me that she's a friend of, well, not a friend. Somebody she knows was supposed to start on Friday and they forgot. So they got oh. fired before they started. So Ouch. I said, how do you forget to go to work? Come on, Craig, getting fired on your day off. Right. Well, I stole some ice cream scoops. Yes, I did. Well, so, hey. I'm yeah. You still eat ice cream to this day, or did you eat so much ice cream that you no longer fuck with it? Well, I eat ice cream, Shane, but because at 56, you have to count every drop of everything you put in your mouth and then weigh myself every morning. I, I don't eat a lot. of I, I love it, but I don't eat a lot of ice cream. What's your go-to flavor? Calories. On them days where you feel like cutting up, you're like, fuck it, I'm eating ice cream today. What's your flavor? No, on a day that I feel like cutting up, I'm fuck it, I'm gonna drink a margarita. Oh. You gotta, you gotta choose where you're gonna put your calories. <laughs> I know. I had a salad last Why Sunday. <laughs> like, I'm not getting no ice cream. Run me that margarita, please. Well, I had a salad <laughs> last <laughs> Friday, and yeah. and then got a milkshake Friday night. <laughs> there you go. Balance. Life is about See, balance. I'm not doing that. And I will pay for the boys to order a milkshake and take a sip of theirs. But even with ice cream, they we don't. I like things with nuts and crunch, and they just like chocolate. I and like so. That. I don't even wound up. I don't even eat their ice cream. Mm. Yeah, you know, you gotta what? you gotta choose as a woman choose. and those calories. Mm -hmm. You have to choose. Now, men gotta watch your calories too. Now, now, men, when we get up over the age of forty, our calories we can't How just go eating. We can't eat know? what we used. To listen, <laughs> listen, we can't eat what we used to eat when we were younger. How would you, you know heard? I mean? Testosterone <laughs> starts to drop a little bit. You got to work out a little bit harder to lose the weight mm. that you used to. Now, I mean, like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. Men work just don't cute. have you to work keep hard it together. Men do gotta keep it together. Yo, the pressure is on. The pressure. Look at the rock. The rock out here, fifty something years old, looking like he in his thirties. Like we got uh Idris out here cutting up, being every woman's like you know wish list person. Yeah, like, but why are you talking, Coach Prime? 
looking Coach good. Prime out here, even with eight toes. Eight toe Coach Prime out here pulling and, everybody. Got Tracy Edmonds up under him till to this day. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and that they had a picture of him with his beard and it was all gray. And he was so handsome. Now, us, we can't we let our hair go gray, and we're 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 the crypt. Gray is it. Nah, stop it. Men love gray. Women, stop dying your hair. Go what all gray. Go all gray. Let the gray flow. We love you the gray. Are, no, we you love don't. The gray. Yes, we do. I'm trying to yep. tell you. Looking like, you know, looking like Storm out here from X-Men. I mean, we love, <laughs> we love the full okay. grays. Um, yes. No, nah, this pressure on men, too. Look at Maxwell. Has you ever seen Maxwell on the Maximum cover last year? Maxwell is damn near 60 looking like great. Is he? Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz is looking is like a... 60, almost like, yeah. right, like, the pressure is on men as well. Men, we got we to gotta work out, too. We got to watch what we eat. Okay. Put down the milkshakes, generally. Go hit the gym. So funny. All right. Well, I'm just saying. Well, Dr. We appreciate Simone, it. thank you so much for coming. Thank you Bye for child. having me. Shane, yes, tell, tell them where they can find us. Man, where can you find us? You can find us on the Twitter or, you know, X. X. Shout out to X. You know what I'm saying? Do the thing. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on StreamYard. Any of your major streaming platforms, you can go find us. And if you don't know where we're at, you can ask. Go ahead and ask Siri. Or Alexa, because you know what? They know us. We out here in these streets. All you got to do is ask them. All you got to do is ask them. Other people might not show up when you ask them. But if you ask them how to play two live recruiters, we popping up. You know what I mean? Go follow us on Instagram. Follow us on uh, any other Facebook. We're on Facebook for the folks who are kind of old school and uh, don't like fuck me. with Instagram or fuck with uh, and TikTok. You know, TikTok, the tickety talker or whatnot. We out here in these streets. And I mean, shout out to, again, if you need... A baby's delivered. You need your female parts. She may not be taking properly. new patients. Are you taking any new patients? Go see Dr. Smiley. Always. She okay, always taking. Hey, I've been listening to her talk. You know what I heard? She bought that money. You know what I'm saying? I've been I've been hearing everything she's been saying. I'm about women's health. Okay. First and foremost. Facts. And then everything the, else just follows. Yeah, exactly. If you follow what you love, you can get paid well doing it. You know what I mean? Like uh, like the Joker said in Batman. If you can do something well, don't do it for free. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that Heath Ledger's Joker? Heath like Ledger's that. Joker. The best Joker out there. Heath Ledger's Joker. Most definitely. I like that. All right. All right. Well, thank you again, Dr. Simone. And thank, thank you, Shane. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Appreciate it.